Hello, friend, and welcome to Sunday School. Before we get into it, we want to give you a content warning. In this episode, we talk about topics like non-consensual interactions and sexual assault. So, for your reference, we've put timestamps in the show notes to indicate where we cover these topics in the conversation. As you listen, stay mindful and take care of yourself. We love you, and thanks for listening. Welcome to Sunday School, a conversation on pleasure, intimacy, bodies, and the continuous process of growth from two people who grew up in a conservative culture like Salt Lake City, Utah. We started this conversation together and with you because we found that healing happens when you process in community. So by sharing our stories and journeys, we hope that it'll create some space for you and your expansion into the magical, full, gorgeous human that you are and are becoming. And as we start, we wanna invite a mindful moment to slow down, take a breath and get grounded. So wherever you are, whatever you may be doing, Find some slowness. Unclench your jaw. Drop your shoulders. And take a slow exhale to release anything you want to release. A deep, juicy breath in through your nose. Down into your belly. Hold it. And exhale nice and easy. And let's get into it. Don't forget to drink water today. Mm. I drank three liters of water today. I'm killing it. We love a hydrated hoe. Oh, I'm a hydrated bitch. Yeah. All right. Let's get into let's get into the the fucking combo today. Mac, do you want to share some weekly updates? Like, what's on your mind? What's going on with you? I have been so excited to record, but got some big updates. This last weekend was the year anniversary uh, for me leaving my toxic relationship. I was just like reflecting on this last year and all the changes and the growth that I've gone through and just reflecting on how my life was a year ago. And it's, it feels like a lifetime ago. It's, it's so weird to think about that, like, McKenna from one year ago was just so miserable. But I took myself out to lunch and I had a tattoo appointment. It just felt good to do those things for me. But I just feel like so much tremendous change has happened in this past year and there's just so many things. Dude, you're like literally glowing right now. You're just, I'm just like, I'm just like watching you talk. No one listening to this can see you, but I can see you. And I'm just like, fuck, she's so fucking beautiful and hot and just like glowing. Like I can really see the energy coming off of your body and it's really magical to like bear witness to it. And I'm just so happy for you, dude. I have grown a lot this last year. I feel like a completely different person and I... Just I'm very proud of that person I've become. Yeah. And 
when I left the tattoo shop, I was like getting on the freeway and this song came on. I can't even remember what song it was. I was like just singing to myself in the car and I like started crying just like unprompted. It just like came out of me. And I was just like, I probably looked like a crazy person. Cause I was like maniacally like laughing, crying, <laughs> singing. like, And I just let it happen. I just let it come out of me and I just felt it. Mm. And I thought of you because you've told me in in the past, like whatever emotions you're feeling, just feel them sit in those emotions. Mm. And it's such a beautiful experience with yourself and your own body that you can just feel what emotions, don't judge them, feel and let them pour out of you. And I, by the time I got home, I just like, took a deep breath in the driveway and I like made sure it didn't look like I had been bawling my eyes out and I walked inside the house and I felt so great. <laughs> Dude, I'm honestly like impressed that you drove while you were crying because I would have had to like pull over. <laughs> yeah. I, I exited the freeway. Like, <laughs> I, I like entered the freeway and that's when I started crying and I immediately just stayed in the exit. <laughs> and I just took the long way. <laughs> I love that. Why are you late? Oh, I was crying in my car. <laughs> Can drive safe, y'all. <laughs> and then I just like came home, wiped my eyes, put on a hot outfit and makeup and went to a Diplo concert. <laughs> <laughs> That's like such a classic <laughs> mid-20s. I don't know. I love that for you. That came out on my birthday, which is the big weekly update for me. I'm in my late 20s officially. Uh, my body was really taking the, taking, I don't know what metaphor I'm thinking of. I'm trying to say like, <laughs> I've been like trying to cash checks that my body can't pay for. I don't know. Is that the thing? <laughs> I see where you're going. But basically I've been going really hard. I, I got a little sicky dicky. Why did I say that? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> you're sicky dicky. <laughs> sicky dicky. I got a little sick last week. So I, I stayed home a lot. And like you, I kind of treated myself. I like got a massage and I laid on the floor a lot and I journaled and I listened to music, which is like my new favorite activity. And Mm -hmm. I feel like listening to you like share about your weekend and celebrating you, I feel like that was like a big theme for us this past week or past couple of weeks. It feels like there's like a chapter closing. We're in transition to like Mm. This new way of being or these like new selves that we've been really like cultivating for the past year. My birthday used to get me super sad. Like every year I'd I'd get kind of sad and like melancholy because I have always been the person that is like the youngest in the friend group. Or when people find out my age, they're like, Wow, you're so young, or you're so you've you you've done so much, or like, you know, how you have so much on your resume or whatever the fuck for being so young. And so mm-hmm. every year that passes, I'm like, oh God, I'm no longer young and impressive anymore. I'm just like regular aged and like kind <laughs> of doing things. And mm-hmm. I've been really recovering from my workaholism over the past year and working on discovering who I am outside of my ability to produce and like deliver and be excellent. And mm. Um, It's been a really like painful healing journey, but I do feel like I kind of closed a chapter on that by really intentionally 
making my birthday week something that I was really excited about. And like, I got all my friends together for this awesome dance party. And I was like, so excited, excited. I couldn't sleep. I was like laying in bed, like a little kid, like, oh, I'm so excited for tomorrow. (laughs) Santa's coming. Yeah, I'm going to go dance. So (laughs) Sunday I woke up and I like put on my eye glitter and like my Mm -hmm. shimmery sunscreen and I went to brunch and then I went out dancing. And um, there were just a few moments where like I looked around at like all these people that I love dancing together and the sun peaked out and I just like got super emotional because I was like holy shit my life's so fucking good like I love my life I love my friends I love my people I'm so lucky that I get to live in New York City and I'm just really really fucking grateful for for everything that's happened to get me to where I am today and all of the like resources that I have access to it's such a privilege to to like live the life that I live and to do the things that I love to do. And I think like I've found myself celebrating and loving myself in a way that's like surprisingly guilt-free. I've always lived my life with this just baseline of guilt. It's certainly a product of being the children of immigrants (laughs) for sure. (laughs) And so, and I was journaling about this the other day and I was like, you know, I feel like for the first time I'm really like enjoying things without guilt and like, I found myself last week, honestly, I, I got my massage and I came home and I like, cleaned my house and I decided to skip an activity that I had planned that night and just like stay home and smoke and like eat food. And I was washing my hands and I looked at myself in the mirror and just burst out like, I love you so much to myself in the yeah. way that like I, I do with partners when I'm with partners, just sometimes I look at people I love and I'm like, oh, I love you so much. And I did that for myself. And I was like, shit. Wow. <laughs> Fuck yeah, girl. I love that. Thank you. It's, um, it's hard to do that. There's certainly like a difference between the intentional mirror work or self-affirmations, which are super important and have their own lane and mm-hmm. the self-love that has started coming out for both of us. Um, mm out of just like pure gratitude. When I burst out saying, I love you to myself in the mirror, it was because I'm so grateful for myself for taking care of myself, for scheduling Mm -hmm. a massage and for saying no to something and for cleaning my home and making sure that I really enjoy and feel pleasure and everything around me. So patting ourselves on the back. And also like, I do want to acknowledge even having this conversation, I'm still feeling this like undercurrent of guilt of like, wow, you're such a selfish person. People listening to this are going to be like, who are these bitches like talking about themselves, loving themselves so much? But I'm like, you know, fuck all of you. If you don't want to listen, turn it off. Yeah, don't listen. <laughs> but please listen. We love you. Anyway, I want to tag on to this weekly update. I had an unfortunate incident the night before my birthday. There was a flying roach in my apartment. We're not going to talk about it because honestly, I'm triggered just, just thinking about it. But I've never felt fear like this in my life. Like, full body shaking, just sweating. Yes, I lie awake because I'm so excited about my life, but I also lie awake at night thinking about insects crawling through my windows. New York, I love you, but also fuck off. Anyway, flying roach, which brought me to sleeping on my ex's couch that night and then spending my entire birthday day with my ex, who I'm on very good terms with. We're very good friends. Mm. Um, But, you know, it's brought up a lot of thought around just like being friends with exes, which is new for me, and boundaries, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Well, you know what's interesting is maybe a year ago, I used to conflate boundaries with confrontation and 
considered myself very confrontation adverse. But I would say like where I am now in my life, I think about boundaries all the time. Yeah. I used to not really think about them. And in my last relationship, I didn't know how to set a boundary worth shit. Like I (laughs) was so bad at it. Being more self-aware in this past year has made me aware of boundaries. So they've been on my mind so much more building up courage with setting boundaries with friends, setting boundaries at work. There's so many different um, people and situations that can, like boundaries are needed basically yeah. in any part of your life. It's interesting that you bring up like depending on who, because I think context is so important with boundaries. And I would say that I used to find myself set, setting boundaries most often at work. Honestly, it was only setting boundaries at work because that's all my life was, was work. <laughs> And I wasn't really like having those kinds of hard conversations with my partner at the time or friends or family. And I found that has evolved a lot more where I'm having more boundary setting experiences with friends. Again, boundaries does not equal conflict, but I never thought Mm -hmm. I would have those kinds of conversations with friends because I consider myself someone who like doesn't really have conflict with friends. I have very easy friendships, but um you know, over the past year, it's been, it's been really lovely to practice having boundary conversations with people who are receptive to it and people I love mm-hmm. and trust uh, where the friendship comes first, especially around harder things like politics and how we may be mi- mismatched in our views of things. Yeah. I love what you said, where it's like boundaries don't always equal conflict. And for the longest time, I think setting boundaries gave me a lot of anxiety, especially in my romantic relationships and with my friends, because to me, it, it did equal conflict. But what I'm realizing now is the earlier you set a boundary, the less conflict it's going to have. Something I also kind of want to highlight is I think we often talk about boundaries is like, okay, I set this thing and like, that's where it is. and I accomplish it and it's done. But boundaries is a practice. And it's mm-hmm. always changing. And I think you touched on something earlier, like around your 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 last relationship and how like he would do things that you didn't like. And you were like, oh shit, I don't like that. And I think sometimes you don't know a boundary is there until it's been crossed. And then you're like, oh, nope, I yeah. don't like that. And I think that yeah. really is important to think about when it comes to sex and intimacy, because especially if you're like playing or exploring new kinks or new, I don't know, pleasures, if you will, (laughs) like you can say, yeah, like I'm super down for being blindfolded. And then the minute you're blindfolded, you're like, actually, no, like I don't want to do this. And that's totally okay to say no and readjust and change your mind. And I think that sometimes people can guilt us for changing our minds. And there's like nothing wrong with being like, no, I feel differently. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. You reserve the right to change your mind at any point. And I think that's a really important thing to remember when you're setting boundaries. Because yeah, sometimes when you set a boundary, it feels so final, but it's your boundary and you reserve the right to change that at any point. And so um, the story I kind of wanted to develop into this was the story of how I ended up blocking my ex from my last relationship. Let's go to church. So with this last relationship that I got out of, I really did my best to cultivate a productive and healthy friendship. With this past ex, the handyman, we 
worked together after we broke up. We had the same job over the winter. And so when I broke up with him, I said, hey, I'm not going to be leaving this job. I would really like to, you know, we'll give each other space. We have the whole summer to be apart from each other. I think we need to heal separately. But by the time winter comes around and we go back to this job, I would like to, you know, be cordial, be friendly, because I didn't want a hostile work environment to come from this. And at the time, he was very receptive to that. But by the time winter rolled around, we ran into each other here and there at work and had some very minor exchanges, never really had a big conversation, which I didn't feel like I needed. But towards the end of the winter season, things just got really weird between us. And it's his fault. I say it's his fault. Like, I don't. <laughs> if you don't say it, I will. <laughs> <laughs> it was his fault. He started it. <laughs> there would be little interactions where I felt as though he would try to push my buttons or say something snarky to the other person we were talking with. It made me think like, are we not good? And he's also just a very difficult person to go have a conversation with because he is very awkward. He is very socially immature. And so I I never found the opportunity to be like, hey, are we okay? The end of the ski season rolls around. I went up there and like skied with an amazing group of people that I love, got a little buzz, skied around. It was so great. And I remember I was sitting at lunch with my group of friends and the handyman walked up to our table and I think he didn't see me at first but when he made eye contact with me he got really awkward and like started to like acted like he was going to walk away and go to a different table <laughs> and so <laughs> since he had started this train of immaturity I was a little drunk and so I definitely didn't handle the situation with the most immature um light and so I just yelled out I was like don't worry I'm leaving like to his face <laughs> and just picked up my tray and like was like let's go guys and like left with my friends and it was like kind of awkward but I didn't give a fuck I was like if you're gonna act like this around me if we're gonna be immature like fine yeah I'll be I just I just want to affirm that like that wasn't out of the blue and mm. it wasn't unprompted like the the interactions so. that you've told me about are definitely like he would just say like some shady shit in front of you to other people like basically subtweet you to your face and then basically. walk away so you were in Very your right immature. to kind of just like push back i didn't want to be the only person trying to maintain a healthy friendship if he wasn't going to meet me in the middle yeah. so i left and i had a great day skiing um the day kind of wraps up and since it was the end of the season, we had to clean out our lockers and our little work area. And so I'm cleaning out all my shit and like taking stuff up to my car. And at one point I was leaving um, our locker room and my friend was behind me with um, a couple skis in his hands. And so I held the door for him and I noticed just a little too late that behind him was the handyman. And so I could have let the door shut in his face. <laughs> I, it crossed my mind. It did. Um, but instead, I just like kind of turned my back and just held the door open. And then he walked through. And with my back turned to him, he grabbed my shoulders, 
spun me around and pulled me in for a hug. And it happened very <laughs> it happened very quickly and my body went into like a fight flight or freeze and and I froze. Yeah. I looking back, you know, I'm so frustrated at myself because I'm like why didn't I push him off? Like I didn't want to be touched by him. Yeah. It was so non-consensual. It was so like unwarranted and unsolicited. I did not want it. Mm. But he didn't know how to talk to me about what was happening. So instead he just hugged me and then patted my back and walked away. That was the whole interaction. And I just kind of stood like, there. He didn't like, say still anything, holding. right? He just said, hey, patted my back and walked away. What are you in fucking high school? Like, God. It was the weirdest response. Like, my body just froze. My arms were, like, tucked into my chest while he's hugging me. Which, like, if that's not a sign that someone doesn't want you hugging them, I don't know what is. And so in lieu of a conversation of, like, saying, hey, things have been weird. I want to apologize or I want to clear the air. Can we talk about it? Which is probably how I would have handled it. He just forced a hug and then left. And I'm sure that if you asked him about that situation, he would probably say something along the lines of, oh, we're good. We hugged it out, which is not what happened. It's like, no, you forced a hug because you are too afraid to have a legit, honest conversation with me about a hard issue. And so after that whole situation, I talked to you, Brits, and I was like, I just, I feel like I need to say something to him because I can't let this go knowing that he's just thinking we're all good because we quote unquote hugged it out and I that just didn't sit well with me so I talked to you a lot about setting boundaries and like what I could do in this situation and I ended up crafting this text to him and in crafting this text I thought a lot about my intention of why I'm setting these boundaries and you know, what my purpose was for texting him because I could have just said nothing. I I couldn't have that be the final thing. Like I couldn't let him have that last word. And so this text that I sent him, it was such a relief to tell him how I felt. And then what do I do after? Because I know that the second I send this, his only reply to this is going to be justifications for his actions, excuses, and probably gaslighting me into thinking that my decision here to inevitably block him, which was what I did. At the end of my text, I just said, I will be blocking this number and I'll be blocking your social media because I have no interest in hearing what you have to say. What you did was not okay. This is not a conversation to be had between us. This is just me telling you how I feel because I can't go about my day knowing that you think everything's okay because it's not. And I wasn't going to argue with him and he's still blocked on my phone and my social media and I haven't seen him since and it feels really good. Yeah, I And you made me uh, feel a lot better about it because I was having some anxiety of like, oh, well, we're going to see each other next season. And you said, you know, you reserve the right to change your mind. And so anyway, setting that boundary was very freeing and it felt great. It felt authentic to me. And yeah, 
that was uh that was my story okay I love this story. It's like one of my favorite moments of your life. And I've known you for a long time. (laughs) So there are like a few things that like I want to ask you about and unpack because we actually haven't really talked about this since it happened. The first thing I want to ask you is when you, you know, were kind of going through the, should I send this text? Should I not? What should I say? You said Mm -hmm. that you felt some guilt about it. I'm really curious to hear like, what was it that was going through your head? (sighs) mostly just like anger and frustration he just has a way of pissing me off and so it was mostly anger and it was mostly like I need him to know how uncomfortable he made me feel because I I'm so sick of him thinking that you can non-consensually touch someone and just get away with it because that's a another thing to add in on this backstory was how we met Um, I met him at a bar on New Year's because he grabbed my ass. And so, you know, first red flag that I chose to ignore at the time. I'm also curious if you're open to sharing, did he non-consensually touch you in ways that you didn't feel good about while you were in a relationship? Because I think that's something that we don't always talk about is like violations of like trust and boundaries and happen within relationships as well. Absolutely. And I'm like kind of fired up right now. So yeah, I'll fucking talk about it. I kind of feel the need to add a disclaimer of just like, I'm not looking to ruin this person's life, but this is what happened. These are facts of what happened in our relationship. And it's been very healing for me to look back on these and be like, you know, I will never going to stand for that again. And so anyway, back to your question. Yes, there were a lot of instances where my trust and my consent was not considered One situation I can think of is just, well, multiple situations. There'd be a few times where I'd wake up in the night to him trying to have sex with me. And, like, he wasn't trying to do it in a way that I would stay asleep. Like, he was just full on, like, I'm going to wake you up by just starting to fuck you. And I remember one time... He woke me up by doing that. And I said, hey, I don't, like, I don't want to do this right now. I'm so tired. I'm not in the mood. And he was like, he's like, babe, I just had like a nightmare that you were gone and I couldn't find you. And I just, I need this. And I was like, okay, well, we can cuddle. Like, I'll, I'll hold you, but I don't want you to stick your dick inside me right now. Like, that doesn't yeah. feel good to me. I don't want that. Yeah. I'm half asleep. And he, I, I like, I feel somewhat ashamed to admit it. But most times I let him do it because it was easier to just let him fuck me for like three seconds and it would sometimes be over that quickly than it would be to just argue with him endlessly. And so there was a lot of moments like that Um, or or like a similar instance. We, We traveled a lot together and I remember we were in Italy. We hadn't showered for like six days at this point and we got into this hostel and I was like I'm gonna go by myself to the shower and just take a long hot shower so I go take this beautiful hot shower been like six days since I'd seen running water (laughs) and it was just like so beautiful I cleaned everything I felt so good and I came back into our bedroom just with a towel wrapped around me 
and he was getting undressed because he was going to go shower. And then all of a sudden he was like, hey, I want to bang. And I was like, will you go shower first? And then we can bang? Because like your dick's disgusting. Yeah. And he coerced me into doing it anyway. And we had sex and I showered again afterwards because I felt gross and he smelled bad. And it just like, I, I look back at that McKenna and like I was saying in the beginning of how much has changed is I would not fucking tolerate that. It would be a hard no. I would fight my way out of that situation if Mm. it ever happened again. And I'm just done with the coercion and the begging and the pleading. Yeah. And then, like I said, sometimes it's just easier to say yes. And when it's someone that you love and it's your boyfriend or significant other, it's, it, it, I don't know. It adds another thing of like, well, why are you saying no to me? You're my girlfriend. And it's like, I don't feel like being fucked right now. You're dirty. I'm clean, you know? So yeah, lots of instances like that. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And Mm. I, just want to affirm that you did nothing wrong Mm. ever and it's if what you feel is shame around some of these instances like you have every right to feel what you feel and there is nothing wrong with you or the way you handled those situations and you know unfortunately over time and time again you were not met with affirmation in the moment and like that doesn't mean that you don't deserve that in the future and as your friend this is just my opinion his behavior was unacceptable and it makes me want to Mm. punch him in the face (laughs) and I probably will if I ever see him again you know that said I really appreciate you sharing that because I think Mm. that it's like I said before it's very like under talked about when it comes to like a violation of boundaries and consent within relationships and like no always means no. And it's really unfortunate that so many people that I've talked to have experienced what you're talking about here. Like I've experienced it. I, you know, this year have been coming to terms with the fact that I've been sexually assaulted and I never Mm. thought that that was it because I was like, oh, this is just what it's like hooking up with people. It's saying no until you're coerced into just saying yes, because it's easier than like what the alternatives are slash might be. And like, I a hundred percent get the like feeling of, oh man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have said that. Like literally anytime a shitty thing happens out at a club or a bar with some man, I'm like, fuck, I just thought of the best (laughs) comeback in the shower like three days later. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's totally reasonable. And like, I'm super inspired by the way that you handled the situation. And you really looked at like, what do I need to feel safe in this relationship slash non-relationship that exists with this person right now? Mm -hmm. And again, like boundaries are all about safety, whether it is Mm -hmm. you are texting someone something hard or having a hard conversation, or you're just not responding to somebody. If that's what makes you feel safe, then that's okay. And like all always with the caveat of like, be your best self, be the best version of the highest version of yourself, follow your yes and like be respectful and don't be a shitty person. And you know, there's always that balance. And that's my TED talk on boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. You're so affirming. (laughs) 
No, and I, I just appreciate you. You always make me feel so like validated and and safe after, you know, talking about experiences like that. And um, I that's what I love about this environment we've created is we want this to be a safe space for everybody. Boundaries with exes are hard. And I've been thinking about that this week because I spent all that time with my ex this past birthday week. And we are on very good terms, but we kind of like ventured into this territory of talking about like both of us kind of dating again and hooking up with people, other people again. And when we broke up, I set a boundary with him where I was like, I don't want to hear about it when you start dating again. And he crossed that boundary and I felt okay about it. And I was like, you know, it's fine. Let's just get this out of the way because we're such good friends. Like there's no way we can just avoid this forever. Mm. And I worked through it in therapy this morning actually and Mm. kind of realized that it wasn't really like the dating again stuff that kind of got to me. Because even if slash when he moves on and I move on, like we weren't aligned in our emotional capacities, which is why we broke up. And I know that's true. And I Mm. also miss him and I love him very dearly. But I think what really got to me was like him saying that he uh, was trying to hook up with a stranger while he was on a vacation recently. Like he was just on the app swiping. And we joked about it at the time, but I kind of realized that was it. And I'm here like, oh, so our sex life was basically non-existent for the second half of our relationship. Oh, so you don't want to fuck me when we were together, but now you want to fuck a stranger and now you want to tell me about it? Like, what the Mm -hmm. hell, man? And I have been working through so much healing around like my sexuality and the way that I engage in intimate relationships and the way that I don't feel wantable or sexy because I didn't feel that in my last relationship, which was also my most intimate real relationship I've ever had. What I need is a standard and agreement with myself that if slash when sex comes up again in our conversations, I will say, hey, actually, like, I don't really need to hear about that. Let's not pretend we're not exes and let's not pretend that we didn't have like shit in our sex life that we never really worked through. And like, Mm. that's fine. It doesn't have to be a whole thing. It's just like, I don't really want to hear about this right now. And I always reserve the right to change my mind. Mm, should we should we give out our, our assignments of the week? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm ready. So my assignment this week for the congregation, our loyal congregation, is to find a song that makes you want to wrap your arms around yourself and dance by yourself and then do that. My personal favorite these days is uh, Leon Bridges' single called Why Don't You Touch Me. It's really like slow and kind of sad and sensual and sexy. My song that makes me do that. And it is called White Noise by Exit Music. Mm. And it makes me want to wrap my arms around myself and dance. Hell yeah. We should make a playlist of like wrap your arms around yourself and slow dance by yourself. So- solo slow dance songs by Sunday School. Yeah. My assignment and invitation for this week is to maybe while you found that song that, you know, Britt talked about and you're wrapping your arms around yourself, do it in front of a mirror Mm. and watch yourself dance and 
either, you know, do whatever feels right. Be silly, be sexy, be sensual, be crazy and just laugh at yourself or smile at yourself. And then, I don't know, blow yourself a kiss and go about your day. Hell yeah. And if you don't have a mirror, use your phone, record it if you want to. It doesn't have to go anywhere. Just save it for yourself and like watch yourself dance. Yeah. Mm. It's it's really hot. Yeah. (laughs) Watching yourself be sexy. Yeah. And we love all of you, (laughs) our faithful following. Thank you so much for listening to us and being here with us. And we see you and we hear you and we love you. Amen. Amen. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Sunday School was created by me, Britt Pham. And me, Mac Harvey. Our theme music is composed and created by Caleb Spaulding. The music you hear during our grounding breath are crystal singing bowls composed and played by Jackie Cantwell. This episode was edited by Danielle Costa. You can find us on Instagram at sunday.school. School is spelled S-X-H-O-O-L. Did we miss anything? No, I don't think so. I feel complete. Me too. I feel complete. Mwah. Ha <laughs> <laughs>